to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens presented by star style productions as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity you'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters meet and chat with cool celebrities exhilarating experts and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know it's time to kick off the fun with our star teens welcome to express yourself Seek not greatness, but seek truth, and you will find both. And that quote is from Horace Mann. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Network, Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, creator and producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For this segment, we are pleased to be reading a chapter from our brand new anthology, which is titled, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. Make sure to pick up your copy today at CynthiaBryan.com slash online store, at Amazon, or even at other book retailers. This chapter is by Henry Amar. Henry Amar is the founder and CEO of MakeItHappen.life. He is an award-winning empowerment coach, an impact entrepreneur, a creative, and a visionary leader. He has positively impacted hundreds of thousands of lives internationally. Henry's passion lies in the privilege to use his leadership, strengths, and successes to positively impact individuals, businesses, and community. Without further ado, here is The Gift of Truth by Henry Amar. My parents had nothing but $200 in their pocket before I was born. Growing up, I saw how hard my mother and father worked to put food on the table and a roof over our family's heads. It didn't matter how many hours it took, how many jobs they had to take, or how tired they were, they did what they had to do to provide for us. I remember walking into the living room at 4.30 a.m. to see my dad sitting on the table before heading to work with his head in one hand, a cigarette in the other, and his morning coffee in front of him. I remember thinking, wow, we have to work really hard in this life to barely get by. In that moment, I developed a belief about life that I would carry with me for a long time. This realization affected me in two ways. Number one, I developed an amazing work ethic. Since the belief that hard work is essential to success is embedded deep into my subconscious, I have no problem rolling my sleeves up. I'm willing to put in however many hours or however much effort is necessary to get the job done at hand. This has served me in many capacities in my life. This work ethic helped me graduate magna cum laude from the University of Southern California, earning leadership awards given to only 12 of the 35,000 student population. This work ethic helped me become a director of investments of a 2 billion real estate company. This work ethic allowed me to perform on a Grammy award-winning album. I was willing to wake up at 5.30 a.m. to stay at home on a Friday and Saturday night and work through the night to make sure I excelled at all that I did. Number two, I put a glass ceiling on how much money I would receive due to the subconscious beliefs I developed. 
Despite my hard work, when it came to money, I used to fall short. I rose to the top of all that I did, but I did not get paid what I deserved to be paid. Whenever there was an opportunity to ask for more money at a job or take on a project that could pay me a lot of money, I rationalized myself into sticking with a lower wage and not asking for what I truly deserved. Even though I worked extremely hard, I used to walk around with the story that no matter how much I achieved, there was a limit to how much I would make financially. As I become aware of it, I became obsessed with removing all things, keeping me tied down from success in every area of my life. This is where the gift of truth comes in. In situations like this, there are two different types of truth. First, there's a truth about who we really are. Second, there's the actual truth of the situation, story and or belief. Before diving into what these two definitions mean, it is important to understand the difference between a belief and a truth. Many times we recognize our opinions as truth. However, just because we believe something does not make it true, does not mean it is true or factual. For example, have you ever thought that someone wronged you, causing you to be angry, tense, and upset, only to find out that the person did not do what you believed he or she did? Even though it was not true, since you believed it truly was, your body, mind, and emotions followed and reacted according to what it believed. The most important truth of all is the truth about who we really are. We are not our emotions, we are not our thoughts, we are not powerless and without choice. The truth is, we are each given one of the greatest gifts in life, the power to choose. We are creators of our lives and attain the power to choose what we do and who we become. While we cannot control our circumstances, we can always step into our power and choose who we become from them. It is when we forget that truth, when we, it is when we forget that truth that we get into trouble. We forget that we do not have to settle for what life gives us. We cannot forget the power we have. We have to deliberately decide to never forget this one truth. We are powerful beyond measure, and we get to choose how to show up in life. We must not settle. We must choose to see our situations, stories, and beliefs as they really are. We must dive in and get to the root of what is happening. There are many ways to go back and uncover the truth about our situations, stories, and beliefs. One of the simplest ways is to look back at your actions and ask yourself, what do my feelings indicate? For example, have you ever wanted to go speak with someone that you were attracted to only to be paralyzed in fear? Instead of simply saying, I'm shy, you can dive in and figure out where the hesitation is coming from. Tim Ferriss, a thought leader, has a method I like to use. He asks, why at least three to five times for each thing he wants to get to the root of? In the scenario where we hesitated in approaching the person we were attracted to, our internal dialogue would sound like this. Why am I afraid of approaching that person? Because I was scared I would say the wrong thing. Why am I scared you would say the wrong thing? Because I'm not good at speaking with people I'm attracted to. Why am I not good at speaking with people I'm attracted to? I never try because I don't want to fail. Why don't I want to fail? Because if I fail, then I'm a loser. Ultimately, the person above has tied his identity, the I am, to the outcome of what happens. Now that this person knows the root of his fear, he can work to reframe the concept of failure as a necessary part of growth and success. After all, the truth is, no one has ever tried anything new without making mistakes. Mistakes are part of the process and on the path to greatness. Once you can reframe failure to be important, you can apply this concept to more than just speaking to people you're attracted to. 
We must get to the truth of our situation, stories, and beliefs. I always say, don't clean the drops of water on the floor, fix the leak in the roof. Getting to the truth is the only way to be truly liberated and break for our patterns. Be honest about who you are and where you are. Decipher what you really love, what strengths and weaknesses you really have, what beliefs you have that are and are not serving you. The most important truth to recognize is the core of who you are. The fact that you have a great power of choice and can become whomever you decide to become. You have, already inside of you, great powers and strengths that the world needs. It is important to be completely honest about the power, gifts, talents, and strengths that you possess. You have to look at both the positive and negative to identify the stories that hold you back. It is always easier to look at the negative things about yourself in an unproductive manner. They key, they're key when you're getting to the truth about yourself. It's to look at it from a loving perspective. The truth really does set you free. You just have to be willing to look at the truth and see it for what it is. Although sometimes the truth may hurt, it is always liberating. Some people say it is hard to look at the truth. I say it is hard to look to, sorry, I say it is hard not to look at the truth. Without truth, we end up running around in circles. Look at the truth about ourselves and about our beliefs with a deep sense of love. Loving ourselves is the only thing that will truly heal us and help us grow into the incredible people we are. Loving ourselves will help us step into our power, allowing us to give love back to the world in a profound way. I have learned to love the truth. It has truly set me free and I have shattered the glass ceiling that I have kept me hostage. I realize that I have the power of choice, that I am not stuck, and that I can create the life I want to create. I look back at the moment I saw my father in the kitchen and I reframe that story. Instead of saying I need to work hard to barely get by, I now say I can work hard and I live in abundance. Be honest about the situations, stories, and beliefs you have so you can use the wonderful power of choice to break the limiting beliefs that hold you back. Look deep into who you are and recognize the beautiful gifts that you have to offer this world. Step into your gifts, your power, and your truth. Your time is now. Live your truth. And now for the exercise, which is stop, drop, and roll. When you get caught in your mind and in deep binding emotions, be aware and present. Try a drill I call stop, drop, and roll. Number one, stop. Stop what you're doing for a second. Pause with intention to get out of your mind and to the truth of what is happening. Number two, drop. Drop your attention into your heart. Put your hand on your heart. Breathe deeply into your heart, approximately five seconds in and out or whatever you're comfortable with and flooded with gratitude and memories of love. It is really important to feel the love. Allow yourself to dig deeply into the emotions. Next, ask yourself, what is the truth? You will almost always get the answer or know what to do in that moment. Number three, roll, act in that moment. Whatever the truth is or action you need to take, make sure you do something at that moment to honor it. The window of opportunity is open for only a little time. You'll be surprised how opening your heart and going to the deepest part of who you truly are will get you answers you never thought you possessed. You can figure out the actions you need to take, the truth about the situations, and attitude you need to have approaching it. You will discover that you have so much more inside of you than you thought. Remember, the truth will set you free. Unfortunately, it looks like we're out of time for this segment. But don't worry, listeners, be sure to support our show and these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that helps you bring this program. Be The Star You Are needs your donations to help us 
help those in distress by providing books and other resources. We have launched our Operation Wildfire Disaster Relief Fund for victims in and around Chico and desperately need donations to help ship much-appreciated books to victims. Please donate today at www.bethestarur.org. You can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund with no additional fees. I'm Siri Panindra. And I'm Jovan Hundle. Make sure to also watch BTSYA's fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are. Make sure to also pick up our brand new anthology, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, which this chapter is actually from, at cynthiabryan.com slash online store with a hyphen in between online and store. And make sure to stick around for more awesome Express Yourself. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Empowerment. I'm Siri Panindra on Express Yourself, and today's show is all about the gift of truth. And I'm Jovan Hundle. For this segment, as well as the next segment, we'll be inviting on a very special guest, Mark Lesser. Mark Lesser is a CEO, Zen teacher, author, and leads trainings and talks worldwide. He has led mindfulness and emotional intelligence programs at many of the world's leading businesses and organizations, including Google, SAP, Genentech, and Kaiser. He is currently CEO of ZBA Associates, a company providing mindfulness-based leadership trainings and creating community by supporting ongoing groups. 
Previously, he served as CEO and co-founder of the Search Inside Yourself Leadership Institute, whose core programs he helped develop within Google. Mark was a resident of the San Francisco Zen Center for 10 years and former director of Tassajara, forgive my pronunciation, Zen Mountain Center. He currently leads Mill Valley Zen, a weekly meditation group. Mark has an MBA degree from NYU and is the author of Less, Accomplishing More by Doing Less and Know Yourself, Forget Yourself. He is also the author of the brand new book, Seven Practices of a Mindful Leader, Lessons from Google and a Zen Monastery Kitchen. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks a lot, Jovan and Siri. I'm really happy to be here with both of you. What what do you want to talk about today? I would love to jump right in. And I had a question um, about leadership. And what is the essence of mindful leadership and how will it benefit me to manage change and the stress and all of the daily pressures of my work? Yeah, I was hoping I was hoping for a softball question, but you're going right, <laughs> right, <laughs> right for the hard stuff. Uh, no, I'm te- I'm teasing you. Well, you know, I think um, I think first maybe I should say a little something about about mindfulness, and you know, I think a um, to me a good starting definition of mindfulness is the the, the practice of uh, developing one's awareness. Uh, kind of cultivating uh, one's full full experience and uh, and the intention and action to understand others and 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 help others and and when I say that 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 definition of mindfulness sounds a lot to me like how I would define leadership uh, that leadership the uh, core uh, core capacity of a leader is self awareness and cultivating greater you know, greater understanding of others and the intention to help others and helping others from, you know, from the um, people that you work with to your um, stakeholders and, and customers. So in a way, um, often like these three, these three terms, um, mindfulness, emotional intelligence, uh, and leadership all have a, a, a huge common commonality in a way they're almost different, different, um, expressions of similar uh, similar activities. Definitely. I think you can um, really easily make that argument, too, about how like mindfulness and leadership definitely go hand-in-hand hand with each other. And speaking of two other things we have going hand-in-hand hand with each other, I wanted to actually ask you about the subtitle of your book, Lessons from Google and a Zen Monastery Kitchen, and ask about how um, you know working at uh, one of the top companies in the world, Google, and also participating in the Zen Monastery Kitchen, how your experiences sort of differed at each one and what kind of things you learned from each one. Yeah. You know, it was interesting how, in a way, um, I have to say that uh, my spending uh, 10 years in the San Francisco Zen Center and five years at a, a Zen monastery called Tassajara was, um, was not high on my parents' list for what I was going to do with my life. Um, <laughs> but... But then suddenly everything changed when it was it was that experience, uh, that foundational experience that that opened the doors for me to bring uh, mindful leadership into into places like Google. You know, in, in some way, um, I, I sometimes call it the the dirty little secret of the business world is that it's all human beings, right? It's all people, and. Uh, and and of course that's the that's the commonality of you know whether it was um, in the Zen monastery kitchen 
I found myself working in pretty high-pressured environment of needing to produce really high-quality, high-quality meals uh, in short amount of time. You know, and with often with not quite enough time or or people or resources. Uh, but and and similar, I think the people's experience at Google are very similar. People working together, uh, doing their best, trying to ac- accomplish things. So there's. Um, you know, it's it's interesting, um, and of course, there were there were some you know some differences in in that uh, contemplative environment than the Google environment. But I'm I'm kind of struck by uh, how much overlap there there actually is. Definitely, and my mom she used to work for Google, and you know, some of the day she would come back home and she'd tell me that we had these wonderful speakers, and I was like, wow, I this is actually very relevant to me. And um, I was really interested in the seven practices that you talked about in your book. And where did you, where did these seven practices originate from? Yeah, they actually originated when I was uh, training a group of a dozen Google engineers in uh, wanting to give them the tools and experiences and uh, enable for them to teach mindfulness to other, uh, other Google employees and um, I brought in a good friend of mine, a man named Norman Fisher, who is a, a, a leading a poet and Zen teacher. And he he actually, in one of these sessions, kind of came up with um, these seven these seven practices. And it's kind of a funny story in that he I, I brought Norman in, and it wasn't made clear to him exactly what he was going to do. And I I looked at the agenda that uh, that some other people had created and. And I noticed next on the agenda, it said, Norman gives a talk on these, uh, how, on how to bring mindfulness uh, into Google, how to teach mindfulness. And, and Norman very, uh, very calmly got out a piece of paper and a pen and just jotted down these seven practices and, and proceeded to give what I thought was a really wonderful, uh, moving talk about them. And I, I resonated with them right away and started, I started talking about them and writing about them and little by little it started to turn into a book and, and I, I, I realized I needed to have a conversation with my friend Norman about this and when I called Norman and asked him about these seven practices, his response was, what seven practices? He, he literally didn't know what I was talking about and I read him, I read him the seven practices, right, love the work, do the work. Don't be an expert. Connect to your pain. Connect to the pain of others. Depend on others and keep making it simpler. And Norman said, those are great. Good luck with your book. So that was um, that's, that's where they came from. Fascinating. Yeah. And so I also wanted to ask then, um, so when we're talking about, you know, like these principles, Obviously, you know, you were working at Google or this uh, huge company with thousands and thousands of employees. But then would you say that these um, leadership principles can be applied to, you know, like smaller settings as well that aren't even necessarily in professional settings? Yeah, you know, it's one of the things that um, I really love about this work of mindfulness and leadership is that and even even when I am working and, and doing trainings inside of places like Google, I'm always really clear to say, you know, you can practice these same practices that we're doing here at home. You can practice them with your your partners, your 
uh, with your children, with your parents, and and these these practices, you know, they apply everywhere. It's it's primarily you know core. Some of the core practices are are learning to be a, a better listener is a is a is one of the practices that I think cuts through all of these practices. Just just being uh, more attentive and more curious with with greater greater care and greater depth than we might normally bring to our practice of listening. Yes, and just by hearing um, all of the sound practices, um, I, I definitely could implement those and it would help me with my schoolwork and definitely organize myself. And I wanted to know the difference between a practice and a habit. So basically, what is a practice and is it the same as a habit? Yeah, I think... Um, I think that a practice differs a bit from a habit in that um, there's a bit more, uh, I'd say, more intentionality, uh, more aspiration, and more depth to something that we that we're practicing. Um, you know, the definition of a habit usually has a has attached to it something that we're um, again we might we might more. We might intentionally create a habit, but once we have a habit, it becomes slightly maybe outside of our usual uh, awareness and consciousness. There's something about a practice that to me is primarily about uh, our bringing our full attention, bringing our awareness, and that you know we can uh, we can use these practices maybe to partly to cultivate habits or to shift habits, but also I think to to cultivate and shift uh, a kind of insight and, and awareness and a way of seeing and a way of being in the world that has, I think, a, a good deal more range and depth than we usually associate with, with the word habit. Interesting, yeah. And so I was also wondering then, um, if somebody, you know, kind of picks up your book and looks at these practices and thinks that, wow, these are definitely some things that I can implement into my life and I'd love to start doing so, what do you think is the best way for them to, you know, go about starting to uh, uphold their life to these principles? Yeah, you know, one of the things, one of the ways I like to uh, kind of unpack and uh, break down practice is to talk about kind of two big buckets of, of these mindfulness practices. One is what I would call a dedicated practice, which is actually finding some time to step outside of the normal strains and busyness pleasures of, of life and just uh, to just be quiet, to just cultivate a kind of um, attention, awareness, curiosity, acceptance. So this would be a, a meditation practice, and this could be a, a sitting practice or a, a walking meditation a journal writing might be another um, another way to express and, and implement a, a dedicated practice. And then the second big bucket is a, a integrated practice. Is how do you take how do you take these these learnings and insights from doing a a dedicated practice? How do you integrate it into things like listening, into things like being uh, being part of a team, into all into all of your uh, relationships and and work life. 
Fascinating, yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, we have reached the end of this segment, but it's been really great to have you, Mark, and I'm looking forward to bringing you back for our next segment. I think that, you know, you've definitely fired us with a lot of great insights into leadership and specifically how leadership intersects with mindfulness, and, I'd love, and I think our audience would love to hear us continue that conversation with you after the break. Uh, audience, make sure to check out Mark at marklesser.net, spell M-A-R-C-L-E-S-S-E-R, and also pick up a copy of his brand new book, Seven Practices of a Mindful Leader, Lessons from Google and a Zen Monastery Kitchen. My name is Joven Hundel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm Jovan Hundle, and our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. For this edition of Express Yourself, we're all about the gift of truth. For this segment, we're inviting back our excellent guest, Mark Lesser, blending his leadership experience running a Zen monastery kitchen, leading mindfulness trainings for Google engineers, and starting and leading the Search Inside Yourself Leadership Institute. Mark, in his book, combines the hard-earned wisdom of a compassionate mindfulness teacher with the insights of an experienced business leader. In recent years, mindfulness has exploded in popularity, but an individual's interest in mindfulness does not necessarily translate into them becoming a mindful leader. 
understanding mindfulness can be challenging. Even more difficult is embodying and regularly practicing it in everyday life. Of course, ancient contemplative practices weren't developed in order to improve business. They are meant to shift our consciousness and a way of being in the world. Yet these practices are essential to mindful leadership and to creating the type of supportive organizational culture that allows businesses and people to thrive. Make sure to pick up your copy of today of Mark's new book, Seven Practices of a Mindful Leader, Lessons from Google and a Zen Monastery Kitchen. And with that, let's welcome Mark back onto the show. Hi, Mark. Hi, Siri. Hi, Jovan. Hey, Mark. Yeah, so just wanted to um, continue our conversation from the last segment. Something that I was uh, particularly interested in was just sort of like your work in general. You know, myself, I'm a senior in high school this year, heading off to college. Um, and, you know, I'm not completely sure yet what I want my eventual career to become. But I know just from kind of hearing a lot of your answers in the previous segment and then reading all about you and your work, um, it seemed really interesting that you were able to sort of carve out, you know, like a whole separate like niche for yourself in the workplace. And I was wondering if you were able to give some insight onto how exactly you were able to um, fall into your line of work and what you did to get yourself there. Yeah, it's it's interesting how um, you know on the on the it's a it's a little paradoxical uh, this whole business. I think of uh, finding one's real calling and finding one's real work that that uh, and what I mean by that is on the one hand I think of course we should uh, pay a lot of attention to uh, what it is we love doing and uh, there's what do we love doing what are we good at who do we want to work with how can we help you know uh, wrestling and grappling with all those questions I think are are, are really important and then at the same time, there's something about just responding to what what presents itself and making decisions about uh, what to say yes to and 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 how much we uh, how much we learn by what opportunities come our way when we're open. You know, when I um, uh, you know I, I I spent ten years living at the San Francisco Zen Center, uh, got an MBA degree, and um, my first uh, my first job out of uh, b- business school, and really my first real job real job ever, other than other than a lot of part time jobs, was working for a company in San Francisco that was a distributor of recycled paper. Uh, this was back before recycled paper was even that uh, well known, and 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 it wasn't particularly popular. But I I I learned a lot. I learned a lot about paper, and I learned a lot. Of, I, I developed the skills of buying and selling. I was, uh, I was selling recycled paper to big environmental companies and magazines, and I was buying it from mills, and 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 it was from there that I saw this opportunity that just presented itself about uh, making things out of recycled paper, like greeting cards and calendars and journals, and I started a company. Uh, a company called Brush Dance, that was actually one of the first companies in the world to make things out of out of recycled paper. Wow, that's very fascinating. How you created so many different ways of communicating with other people, like greeting cards out of recycled paper. And wow, I, I really admire that. And 
it's it's kind of it's kind of funny, you know, especially given that um, I've rarely ever sent a greeting card in my life. Being you know being a guy, uh, hate to <laughs> hate to be so sexist, but that that seems to be the way. It, often the way it is, not always, and um, and yet I I manage to create and uh, distribute literally millions of greeting cards around the world. Wow. <laughs> Wow, definitely really impressive. That's that's like amazing. And as Joan was saying, this year I'm a junior and you know this is really applicable to me and it's very true that you have to find something that you love and enjoy doing and I didn't find out what I was really interested in until this year and I was like computer science is definitely my calling and it's so true how we have to do things that we love and not just for the sake of doing it. And um, in our last segment, we were getting our feet wet into meditation. And I personally try doing meditation every morning. And, you know, as a teenager, my schedule is very packed. And what do you suggest? Um, Because I want to have meditation practices more than one time a day, but I don't have time. So what do you suggest? Siri, I'm curious, have you, do you have any experience of sitting meditation with a small group with other people? I usually, I, I usually I do it alone in my room. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes I join my mom, but I remember going to this uh, meditation. Um, it was from one of the, it's, it's by Sadhguru, and we were doing a sitting meditation with around, I don't know, around 500 people. Uh-huh. And that's, that's my experience with group meditation. But as far as at home, I tend to do it alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and many people are in that situation. Just as I, you know, most of my um, my my daily meditation, for the most part, is uh, is by myself in my house. But I, uh, once a week, I sit with a group of people with you know about ten or fifteen people here in in Mill Valley, Northern California, and and there is something that I find really distinct, distinct and supportive about sitting with with others, even when it's, even if it's just uh, once a week, I find it, it influences the rest of my, my daily practice. And then there also, I'm a really strong proponent of finding a way, if you're serious, if you're really serious about having a meditation practice, to me, there's nothing quite like making the time to do a retreat, um, like a, like a one day retreat or a multi-day retreat. You you find that it's just a, a very different experience of what meditation is when you can uh, carve out that kind of time. And again, that kind of more in-depth experience of meditation will impact, completely change what it's like sitting each each day. And and again, I think all those together um, will have a big uh, can have a much larger effect in noticing uh, how different you show up when you have a, that kind of a meditation practice. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I also wanted to um, ask you, Mark, just about our theme for today with like the gift of truth. You know, we try to do these shows every week where we have like some universal theme, whether it's truth or appreciation or community, and then try and relate it to anything our teen reporters want to talk about or anything our guests want to talk about. So I wanted to ask you today um, how you think truth would correspond to your work in leadership and mindfulness and maybe how truth might work together with mindfulness or work together with leadership? Well, um, 
Jovan, you've given me a great opportunity to tell a story that I thought I might tell, but I wasn't sure if it would fit, but that's just the perfect setup. <laughs> so thank you. Glad to do so. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this is a story of when my daughter was around, um, uh, around your guys' ages. Uh, I think she was probably, I think it was, she was like 16 or 17 years old. And this was a time when um, it was one of the most difficult times in terms of my relationship with my with my teenage daughter, and I noticed that it was there was a short period of time where I I almost felt like she was allergic to me, like th- that she was just I think needed to separate herself from me and was sort of pulling away, and uh, it was during this time when it was Father's Day, and and one of the habits that we have in my house is our children would always write a card to their parents for Father's Day or for Mother's Day. Now, my daughter handed me a card on Father's Day and then added, you might not want to read this today. And I thought, this doesn't sound so good, but of course I didn't pay any attention and I did read this card that she gave me. And and it was a way she was expressing her own truth about that she felt angry with me. And this, this Father's Day card was kind of spelled out, kind of the things that she was unhappy about with me as a father and with me as a human being. And this was a really hard, as you could imagine, a really difficult card for me to, for me to read. And my first reaction was, um, and, and this was by myself, I, went, I, I took this card and I went to my room and I noticed that at first I felt really angry, like how dare she give me this card today, it's Father's Day. And then I felt kind of embarrassed by, I felt like a failure. I was failing in one of my most important relationships. And and then I thought this would be a good time to put my lifetime of meditation practice and mindfulness practice into, into play. And I came to realize my own kind of truth here and needed to speak my truth to my daughter. And I I went into her room and said, thank you. Thank you for being honest with me about what's bothering you. This is all that I've ever really wanted is for you to be able to speak your truth, even when it's hard, even when you're saying difficult things to me. And, um, and I need to tell you, you know, that this was a really hard message uh, for, for me to read uh, but I, I will do everything I can to do better as a as a father. And as I was saying this, I'm starting to tear up and I'm starting to cry. And she's starting to tear up and cry. And, you know, and I told her I loved her and she said she loves me and we hugged. And, you know, and then she said, well, and now get out of my room. And but it was um, it was such a uh, I think it was a, a meeting about being able to speak one's truth and being able to understand and love each other right in the midst of that. Wow, I can definitely definitely feel the love from the computer. And that's such a meaningful, meaningful story you shared. And I agree, honesty and truth, they're very important in relationships. And it it was just, it was heartwarming to hear that story between a father and a daughter, super nice. Yeah, now... um, you know, now she's um, she's gotten a little older now, and uh, she's a little embarrassed by that story when I tell it. <laughs> don't, don't tell anyone. And um, 
Uh, but we've become, I, I feel just incredibly, you know, blessed to, and, and, and I also think of how, how I could have blown it, right? I could have uh, gotten angry or pulled away and I, I could, have crea- could have created a lot of divisiveness then. And I think um, the same thing I notice happens a lot, not only in our personal lives, but, you know, it can be things come up in the workplace. There are differences of opinion. There are emotions and uh, real real feelings that come up. And, and I think it's such an important skill to be able to uh, work with and manage these kind of difficult emotions uh, Oh, yeah, Mark, I just wanted to say that was such a powerful take on leadership as it relates to such a basic yet complex um, experience of life in parenting. And so, yeah, I wanted to just thank you so much for providing so much um, insight about meditation and truth and leadership and mindfulness. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time, so we will have to say goodbye. But audience, make sure to check out Mark at marklesser.net. Also pick up a br- copy of his brand new book, Seven Practices of a Mindful Leader, Lessons from Google and a Zen Monastery Kitchen. Um, and my name is Jovan Hundel. Uh, make sure to also find more information about our show at expressyourselfteenradio.com. Make sure to follow BTSY and express yourself at bethestarur.org, where you can also check out our events tab to see upcoming events, and also check out cynthiabryan.com slash online store to purchase a copy of our brand new anthology. Make sure to stick around as we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're 
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our show. My name is Siri Panindra, and you're listening to Express Yourself Teen Radio. And I'm Jovan Hundle. Each week here on Express Yourself, we base our program on a different theme that we think is important to talk about, especially for geared towards our teen audience. Today, our show is all about the gift of truth, and Siri and I will be using our final segment here today to go over the concept of truth, its various applications, and even our own personal experiences with it. And so just to kick off this little discussion, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about truth, not necessarily in the form that we usually think of it as honesty, but sometimes in terms of just kind of being true to yourself. You know, with um, meteoric rises and depression, anxiety, other mental conditions all across the United States and even overall on a global scale, I think that sometimes we can try to base everything we're Um, going through in life by framing it in a way that is sort of true to ourselves and our own experiences. So we're not sugarcoating stuff for ourselves necessarily, but we're telling it like it is to ourselves and making sure that we go about each day equipped with a more objective way of looking at the world and all of its various truths. Definitely. And I feel being true to yourself is, is really a commitment, but it's very important. And when you choose to live your life, to reveal your true being and being true to yourself, you are more open to the world around you and you're opening yourself to a new dimension and um, definitely you'll be happier if you are true to yourself. And if you're true to yourself, you'll have a more, um, you'll have more true relationships and have a more positive environment around you. And I want you to talk a little bit about honesty, Jovin, if you'd like to add anything. And I feel honesty is perhaps the most important characteristic and it relies on integrity and it just demands truthfulness and it's very important that we implement honesty into work or into school. Definitely and I think you also brought up a really interesting point there when you mentioned healthy relationships. I think that you know that's definitely something that is has to be a key a core tenement of any relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship, a platonic relationship with a friend, or even just familial relationships, is that there has to be that basic um, truth or honesty, as we can put it, um, within underlying within that relationship. So whether it's just something that, you know, that this person won't ever lie to you, or whether it's something even more complex and that this is somebody that you can actually talk to about things that are meaningful to you and things that are meaningful to them, and you can have that dialogue, that interdependent, interdependent dialogue, um, I think that, yeah, you brought up an interesting point there, just because I do feel that then truth and honesty does have to be the building block, I guess, of every relationship. And telling the truth sometimes is very hard to do. And just a little personal experience from, from my life, um, if, I tell my, if I tell the truth to my sister sometimes, my sister gets hurt, obviously. And I feel, especially in maintaining relationships, telling the truth might not be the right thing if you're hurting the other person. And, you know, relationships are very important. And sometimes you don't need to be honest if it's hurting the other person. But 
I always say if it's going to benefit the other person, you should say it. But if it's something useless or irrelevant, you should not say that. Yeah, I definitely agree that it isn't always so, you know, black and white, that telling the truth is always a good thing and not telling the truth is always a bad thing. You know, things can definitely be more complex than that. Just like how you said that sometimes if somebody will get hurt if they're told the truth, then it might not always be the best course of action. And also, you know, there's even just like personal, a little more uh, selfish, I guess, dilemmas where, you know, if you do something wrong, but nobody finds out about it, and you want to tell the truth about it, but then telling the truth might mean you might get in trouble about it. Or just like how you said, lying to or lying or at least withholding the truth to then protect somebody's feelings. I do think it's not as easy as it necessarily looks to live that sort of life where you do want to be respectful of everyone and you do want to be truthful and honest, but sometimes being truthful and honest can actually get in the way of a relationship. Yes, for relationships, sometimes sometimes honesty is not the way to go because you can hurt someone's feelings. Totally agree with that. But now we want to transition a little bit into schools where most of us are probably are, um, not at the moment, but we attend school every day. And I feel we should always be truthful at school. And honesty is very important because school is an opportunity for us to learn. And if we're not truthful to ourselves, then we're not benefiting from school. Yeah, and I think you brought up um, something really interesting there just about school in general, because I feel like, you know, this whole debate about um, truthfulness, honesty, or any of the other various forms of truth, um, you know, school is a very different ballpark than just necessarily our home. And so when you think about whether like something bad happens in a class and you don't want to tell the teacher just because then kids might label you as a snitch or you somebody's being mean to another person. Maybe there's even bullying going on, but you don't necessarily want to attract that sort of attention to yourself. And obviously there is a sort of right and wrong here, but I think it also just serves to further illustrate the point that telling the truth might not always be the easy thing to do. And so there is that dilemma then that you do have to go through and I think school is a definitely an excellent example of where the lines can get a little more blurred. Exactly. And sometimes um, sometimes when my father tells me the truth about something, um, it's, it's the difference between knowing and accepting the truth. So just like our previous guest, Mark, talked about um, with his heartwarming story between his daughter and himself, sometimes you should relax and then take in the truth. Because my immediate reaction to a situation when someone tells me the truth that I may not prefer to hear, sometimes I may not react. So I feel we should always take a deep breath and then count to 10 and then we should react after we kind of consider the situation because it's definitely hard to hear the truth sometimes, but it's very important that you don't break any relationships. Yeah, and I think another thing that might be interesting to do for this segment is that if we sort of take the... Um, perspective of the recipient instead of necessarily the truth teller. So if somebody's withholding, you know, something from us just because they think that, you know, telling us would end up hurting our relationship, I feel like that brings up a whole bunch of um, even, I guess, ethical dilemmas as well. Just because if you don't necessarily agree that telling this would have hurt your guys' relationship, or if you're just that kind of person who, even if it might sometimes be the hard thing to do, you do always want to be hearing the truth and you want to be told things uh, straight to your face and all that kind of jazz. Um, I think, yeah, I think that brings up a whole other set of issues. And if you look at it from that perspective, um, of just being the person who, the, I guess, the truth is either being told to or the truth is being withheld from. 
Especially when I work um, in groups um, as part of the engineering academy, we always work in groups. And there's this one situation when um, this person was not aware of something and everyone was keeping a secret from him. And we decided to finally tell him and be truthful. And we just realized it was a misunderstanding. So sometimes being truthful is very important because you may even avoid the situation by um, as it's just a misunderstanding. And and we got we got a good grade on the project. And I'm happy that I didn't let any of my team members down. And honestly, honesty is very important. Definitely. And I think... Um Another like little interesting point to make is also about the gift of truth chapter that we read in the very first segment by Henry Emmer, where he talked about how sometimes you also have to separate truths from beliefs. So whether it's somebody's um, personal inner beliefs, then you sometimes do have to separate that from objective and universal truths. And so, yeah, I think this has been a great segment. I love talking to you, Siri, about truth. It's definitely a very complex um, topic that we were only able to scratch the surface of, but I'd love to, you know, continue this topic maybe in a later Gift of Truth show. Um, we do give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Uh, thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs, go to our main site at www.bethestarur.org. Until next week, remember, explore, dream, discover, and be truthful. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine between the lines if you would let yourself